Our gospel reading this morning comes from John's gospel, of course, and uh, it's pretty much the very beginning of John's gospel uh, on Christmas morning at the, uh, um, the 1030 Mass. We'll hear that prologue and we'll hear uh, the same beginning, what begins our gospel today there in the context of that prologue. In the beginning was a word and the word was with God and the word was God. St. John the Evangelist uh, has John the Baptist just kind of appear out of nowhere, which is probably fitting because he is kind of a man outside of time and outside of space. He's living in, uh, by the Jordan River, uh, baptizing people, as we said last week, not the baptism of regeneration, the sacrament of baptism, but rather a baptism of repentance. As they recognized their sins, they would be baptized as a sign of their repentance, a sign of their desire for conversion. John the Baptist, though, is one of these characters that they keep asking, who are you? And we hear that today. Who are you? And uh, St. John records, it's, it's kind of interesting, every time I hear it, it sounds like it's a translation error. He admitted, he did not deny it, but admitted. Well, St. John is pretty adamant that John the Baptist was adamant. That John the Baptist denied that he was the Christ, and we might say, well, why? Well, elsewhere in the, in the Acts of the Apostles, we hear of the Apostles coming across a group who had said the, the, that they were baptized, but they had not experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, whose baptism did you receive? And they said, John's, John the Baptist. So maybe this is John the Evangelist's way of saying John the Baptist would want you to follow Jesus. And that makes some sense, especially when you look at the verses right after today's passage. John is walking, and he sees Jesus walking and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. And Andrew turns and begins to follow Jesus immediately. But there's more to it than that. Who is John the Baptist? They, they want to know, are you the Christ? Well, we know the answer to that, that question. No, he is not the Christ. But that was the question of the time. Are you the Christ? Are you the one who is coming to redeem us? Are you the one who is coming to restore all things? No. Well, are you the Elijah? Elijah? Now, those that were at Mass on, on uh, Thursday, or those that are familiar with Scripture and Matthew's account, Jesus says, of those born of women, none is greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And if you're willing, he is Elijah. Here John is saying, no, I'm not Elijah. Matthew's gospel, Jesus is saying he is Elijah. So which is it? I think one is, uh, uh, we need to understand per perhaps the context. The Jewish people were expecting Elijah to come back. Elijah, the prophet who was taken up to heaven in a fiery, fiery whirlwind or fiery chariot. I joked last night, conspiracy theorists say he was taken up on a UFO. I don't believe that, but he was taken up all the same. And they expected that he would come back. In fact, as the Jewish people celebrate the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles, they would set up booths in the fields and they would leave two spots open, one for Elijah, one for Moses. They expected Elijah to come back before the Messiah would come to prepare the hearts of the people. So when they asked John directly, are you Elijah? He would say no, because he wasn't literally 
Elijah. But Jesus seems to be talking figuratively. If you have ears to accept it, he is Elijah. He is the one that is coming in the power and authority of Elijah, so there's not a contradiction. But here in John's Gospel, no, he's not the person of Elijah. Are you the prophet then? We might say, well, what what difference does that make? Well, Moses had prophesied that a prophet like him would, would arise, who would prepare his people, God's people, for him. Well, John the Baptist isn't the, the prophet. That seems to be more pr- fulfilled in Jesus Christ himself, as Jesus Christ literally was the word of God made flesh. Prophets are those who speak the word of God. Jesus in his flesh was the word of God. But who are you? John knows who he is. I am the voice of the one crying out in the desert, make straight the way of the Lord, prepare his way. Well, if you're not the the Christ or Elijah or the prophet, why do you do what you're doing? Why do you baptize? He knows, and he's able to answer because he knows his identity. He knows who he is. I baptize because I'm preparing for one who is greater than I. I'm not even worthy to untie the, the thongs of his sandals or the straps of his sandals as we have today. Maybe you know this, but that's pretty unworthy. I'm not worthy. He is so much greater than I. But I'm just baptizing with baptism of repentance so that the people may be prepared when he comes. And of course, Jesus is right on the heels. Jesus is, like I said, right after this passage, we have John pointing to Jesus and saying, Behold, the Lamb of God. Then the next three years, of course, in Jesus' ministry, Jesus proclaims the kingdom of God to them. And then he lays his, down his life on the cross. See, John understood something. John the Baptist understood who he was. And out of who he was, he understood his mission. So often we put that a little backward. We think we are what we, we do. In fact, if I dare ask, and I think all of us have to ask the question of ourselves at some point in our life or another, if I asked, who are you? I'm willing to bet most of the time you would go to what you do for a living. Maybe if those that were a little uh, more spiritually aware or, or whatever might be able to say, well, I'm, I'm a Catholic or, or something like that. But we go to that mission, who, what we do. But who we are really should come first from our relationship with God the Father. That we are children of God, claimed by him, redeemed by him. And that if we understand that identity that comes from that relationship, then we more fully, completely understand our mission. And our mission is as different as each one of us here today. Each of us has a particular mission, a very different mission. It all is summed up in the church and all given, given life and, and meaning and leads us towards eternity. But that mission is different for all of us. So as we heard on, uh, on Friday's Mass, John the Baptist comes fasting and they say he's a madman possessed by a demon and Jesus comes he eats and drinks and he's a glutton and a, and a drunkard yet their mission 
told them how they were to live. Our mission tells us how to live. Our mission comes from our identity. So often in our lives, though, if we're honest, we don't live that identity out. We fail. We miss the mark. I use that phrase purposely because that's the, the really the literal meaning of the word in, in Greek that is usually translated sin. When we miss the mark, we're not always who we're supposed to be. If we're not always who we're supposed to be, we don't always do what we're supposed to do. And sometimes even if we are who we're supposed to or know who we're supposed to be, we don't always have that ability to, to, to do what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we've broken that relationship. So from our relationship comes our, our identity, from our identity comes our mission, and we fail so often in all three. What are we to do? Are we lost? No, thank God. God gives us a great sacraments, sacrament of the Eucharist, which encourages us, strengthens us, gives us that ability to accept Jesus Christ again and again and again. But he also gives us, much like John the Baptist, a means of repentance, the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament which restores us to our relationship, reminds us of our identity, and helps us to live that mission out again. When we failed, and if we're honest, we all fail. Some of us fail more frequently than, than others, unfortunately, I'm right up there. The sacrament of reconciliation is there for us. This is truly good news. This is truly wonderful news. Isn't this cause for rejoicing? As we gather on this Gaudete Sunday, that's our challenge, is to rejoice, to remember that we're, we are preparing for the coming of a great and mighty king, not just to celebrate his birth, but to know that he's coming again. And we ask him to help us to know who we are, to know our relationship to him, and then to respond to that identity in our mission. From our re relationship comes our identity, and from that identity comes our mission. And if we failed to know that in his mercy, he gives us a second chance, a third chance, maybe even a millionth chance, his mercy does not end because his identity is God who loves without condition, who forgives when we are able to repent.